While walking along Porter Hall on Buffalo's Lower West Side, you'll pass a small historic marker. It reads Job's Last Stand. Near here, Joe Boisington gave his life when he held the enemy and allowed Hull's militia to escape Buffalo's burning December 30th, 1813. The plaque located near the corner of Porter and Plymouth Avenues stands in stark contrast to what is now a placid neighborhood. 208 years ago, however, the area witnessed perhaps Buffalo's darkest hours. Today we'll explore Joe Poisington's heroic final moments and his role in the War of 1812. Poisington's life before that night in late 1813 is less well known and it's difficult to tell fact from fiction. We do know that he was born in Connecticut in 1762 and was the son of James Hoisington and Elizabeth Richards. As a young man, Job moved to Vermont and married Sarah Knapp. Sources point to him working as a farmer and carpenter by trade. Sources also tell us that he was experienced in warfare. While in Vermont, he was the captain of the Virginia's militia, and legend has it that he was an expert marksman. Once Hoisington moved with his family to Buffalo, his name appeared multiple times in local papers, and in a rather unflattering fashion. The papers allege that Job is an insolvent debtor and that a Mr. Forward, Mr. Johnson, and Mr. Palmer were looking to contact any creditors connected to his debt. At the time that Hoisington was experiencing his own money troubles, the U.S. was dealing with some problems of its own. After 20 years of peace following the American Revolution, tensions with Great Britain increased during the early 19th century. While battling Napoleon in France, Britain's powerful navy enforced blockades severing its enemy from foreign trade. These blockades crippled a budding American economy which had profited from the shipment of grain, cotton, and other supplies to mainland Europe. The British Navy also began to seize American sailors from their ships and force them into the service of the Royal Fleet, leading President James Madison to declare war on June 18, 1812. Given Western New York's proximity to Canada, it would become one of the conflict's most active theaters. With enemy forces just across the border in Canada, Western New York found war at its very doorstep. Between 1812 and 1814, the Niagara frontier was the site of more than two dozen battles and skirmishes, including the Battle of Chippewa and the Battle of Lundy's Lane. It was also the site of military action, both regrettable and brutal. On December 10, 1813, American Militia General George McClure issued orders to burn the town of Newark, now present-day Niagara-on-the-Lake. The U.S. War Department reasoned that the burning of the town would aid in the American defense of the captured Fort George. However, McClure never intended to hold the fort. Instead, he planned on retreating across the Niagara River and keeping his command safe on American soil. By this logic, the burning of Newark was of little military value. 
Regardless, its citizens were forced to flee from their homes and into raging snowstorm as they watched as their village burned. According to one theory, McClure may have been coaxed into this action by his Canadian ally, Joseph Wilcox, who saw the burning of the town as an opportunity to settle some scores with his former neighbors. Regardless, McClure's actions caused outrage on both sides of the river, and the British vowed revenge. Twenty days after McClure's orders were carried out, the British retaliated. On December 30, 1813, British forces came ashore near the foot of what is today Amherst Street in Buffalo's Black Rock neighborhood. Led by General Phineas Rial, their forces overwhelmed a hastily organized American militia led by General Amos Hall. Buffalonian Seth Grosvenor and Cyrenius Chapin made a final stand at Main and Niagara Streets. Using an old naval cannon, they fired off several shots before the gun fell from its mounts. The British continued on toward Buffalo, where they burned homes and nearby farms. When the enemy troops withdrew, little was left but ashes and a few spared buildings. During the ensuing battle, 50 Americans lost their lives along with 31 British. Hoisington was one of the fallen. On that bloody night, not far from his memorial plaque, Boisington, under the command of Lieutenant John Seeley, gave his life in the defense of the village so that civilians and Captain William Hull's militia alike could escape the destruction. On January 18, 1814, the Buffalo Gazette listed Hoisington among the several known dead in the battle. Another later source stated that his body was not found until the following spring, just a short while before the war ended. Job's Last Stand was soon memorialized in a now hard-to-find ballad by Elder A. Turner that was published after the war. The ballad adds more to the story, saying that Hoisington sent his men ahead of him in retreat and that he wanted to get one more shot off. The British weren't yet finished with Buffalo after its burning. By August 1814, as in the previous attacks, the British again planned to land below Skajakwita Creek and move south to Black Rock and Buffalo. A successful attack at Black Rock would help to lift the American siege of Fort Erie by destroying American supplies. However, this time American commander Major Lodowick Morgan detected the British plan and placed a force of 240 men of the 1st Rifle Brigade and a small number of militia and volunteers into position covering the main road to Buffalo. At the bridge where the British would have to cross Skajakwita Creek, located just west of what is now Topps Market near the intersection of Grant and Amherst Streets, American forces tore up the floorboards so the British could not cross. Several attempts were made by the British troops under the command of their officers to replace the floorboards, rush the bridge, and cross the river or outflank their counterparts. But each time, the American riflemen drove them off, creating increasing casualties for the British until they finally withdrew. Major Morgan became the hero of Conjacity, a derivation of the creek's name, and the attack, which was aimed at Black Rock and Buffalo, was repelled. The Treaty of Ghent was signed in Belgium on Christmas Eve 1814, effectively ending the war and each nation returned to status quo antebellum, or the state of things as they were before war. 
Afterwards, a commission established the boundaries between British Canada and the United States. Today, the United States and Canada celebrate a more than 200-year peace, and Job's deed is honored by the modest memorial in his name. The Buffalo and Erie County Historical Society first placed a plaque there in 2008, which was replaced in 2015 with one from the William G. Pomeroy Foundation and the New York Folklore Society. Job's body is now interred at Forest Lawn after being exhumed from his original grave at Colt Springs Burying Grounds. Due to the valish deeds of he and others, Job's wife and children survived the British attack. In time, his son Henry Richard Hoisington would also make a name for himself. As a member of the American Board of Commissioners for Foreign Missions, Henry traveled as a missionary to Ceylon, now Sri Lanka. He is also known to have translated into English the Oriental Astronomer, being a complete system of Hindu astronomy. The Buffalo History Museum receives operating support from Erie County, the City of Buffalo, and the New York State Council of the Arts with the support of Governor Andrew M. Cuomo, and the New York State Legislature. Additional support is provided by M&T Bank and from our donors, members, and friends. Today's story was researched and written and recorded by me, Matt Holland, and produced with the support of our staff and county historian, Doug Kohler. We'll be back in two weeks with another story from Western New York history.